Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. Share what he's doing here, so we send in our prayers, our thoughts, and uh, we just are so thankful that you are with us today. We pray that today is an encouragement to you. Uh, we are in uh, the second week of our prayer journey called the 22 Days of Prayer. How many of you were here last week when we kicked this off? Isn't yes. that pretty good? Uh, we're doing your, your packet, uh, your emotion pack each day. Uh, Unite our hearts together. It's been an exciting thing. I pray that that's a blessing to you. Reconnecting your heart to uh, what God's already done in your life and what He wants to do in our church together. Um, we are just praying that we're all touched by the Spirit in this devotional time. If you did not get a devotional packet last week, either you forgot one or maybe you weren't here if you'd like one, you can do this digitally on our website. By going to vlchurch.tv forward slash 22 days of prayer. If you're on Facebook, I did a posting on this on Facebook this last week. You can, uh, you can find the link there. But it's on our website, uh, vlchurch.tv forward slash 22 days of prayer. Uh, the message that I kicked off with is listed there as well as a digital version. So you can access it from your smartphone or wherever you are. So if you're um, somewhere waiting in a doctor's office or somewhere, if you, if you have time to go, you can pull it up on your phone. Where you are, so we made that available to you. That's really exciting. Um, today, we're going to focus kind of on the same thing as we started last week about connecting our hearts to the Lord. And uh, just before that, I just want to do a quick clarification. Um, it's probably my fault, I fill out the announcement sheets uh, for Sky each week, but it's 9 a.m. on the 26th for the men's prayer or the men's breakfast, not 9 p.m. So uh, it's probably my fault. Um, we eat breakfast at night sometimes. <laughs> Who doesn't love scrambled eggs and bacon any time of day? Right? <laughs> Let's go right now. So it'll be 9 a.m. on the 26th. Just time for the uh, men to get together. Often we're just busy set, setting up, tearing down, and all the busyness of, of the church on Sundays. So we just want to get together and connect and, and uh, build a relationship. And so we're going to eat, we're going to hang out, and we're going to go home. Feel good about it. So it's going to be great. So we are seeking to connect our hearts to God in a deeper way. This is the whole goal of the relationship with God between the believer and the Father. Through Christ and by the power of the Spirit. That through that channel, the Spirit of God, Christ, we would connect to the heart of the Father. We would discover who we were always meant to be. We discover the greatness and glory of our God, the Heavenly Father. And through that relationship, He would so fill our lives that the world, the earth, would be filled with His glory because it's radiating out of His children. This is why we exist. This is why God has done the lengths that He's gone through so that the world can see His glory and it can be made right again. So I'm excited for what God has in store for us through this journey. 
that we grow in our relationship with God, that our faith grows in a way that really begins to transform how we live our daily lives. Like just going through this process, even this week, in my own life, and reminded how far I have to go. I have a long way to go before I reach the perfection of Christ. So we all are in this place where we're journeying after this goal, this desire to live in hope, this, this hope. Such an awesome privilege to be known by God and to be able to be led into the holiness of the Lord of the Lord and the promises that He has for us. So I believe what we have planned for the end of today, we're going to take a little bit from I'm not going to preach very long. I really want us to press into what we're going to do at the end, and I'll explain that in just a minute. I think it's going to be a huge blessing for us. But one of the things we're really keen off of to try to focus on in our church and in this devotional time is the first week is looking back. Why are we looking back? Because our testimony, what God has done in our life, is not just one testimony. We have, if you journey with Christ in another time, you have multiple testimonies to share. There are multiple things God has done in your life. Every year, there's something to share about the year before. Because God is constantly working in our lives, bringing us new things, blessing us, working in our lives. So we're looking back on what He has done, on who He is, to kind of recapture the heart, the, the feeling, the sentiment of those moments, the way we felt whenever we were going to that time we were in desperate need of a miracle and it came through. Yes. We often get so disconnected, the longer it goes, we get separated from those moments. We get disconnected from that emotion, the, that heart, and so the passion that was fueled and kindled in that moment begins to wane out with that. So our intent, we're going to be the people of God. We're going to be on fire. We're going to be seeking His presence. We're going to be the people God can use to show His glory in the, in the earth. And one thing He wants more than anything is a heart on fire. Yes. And so that's what we're pursuing now. So we're looking back. Now there were very few things that made me feel sentimental when I was growing up. When I was still living at home with my parents, and we would have different holidays, traditions, and different things. We have the same kind of events every year at our church. Very few things made me feel sentimental, which means I took a lot of things, a lot of moments, and a lot of people for granted in my life. I grew up very self-centered, very selfish, and I'm still growing out of that. A lot of things stick with me from when you were young. I wrestled and I still wrestle with how, if you think about taking those moments of people for granted, I still wrestle with the fear of what regrets I will have at the end of my life. There are conversations my wife and I have had in the past, and I've shared this before, but it's just so profound to me. She asked me a question in regards to spending so much time working or being busy with ministry. She asked me a question. She said, at the end of your life, what will you regret about? The time you missed working on a project or serving and doing busy things, or the time you missed out connecting with your kids. What are you going to miss more? The, the, the time that you were busy doing all the things that preoccupied your mind, or the missed opportunities to call your mom before she died? 
Like, like what are you going to miss at the end of July? And, and as a pastor, I've had the honor of walking through many people, very difficult circumstances, but a loved one passes away. And a few rare occurrences, I've been with the person before they passed away. And I can promise you, no one is complaining about not getting enough hours of work on your deathbed. No one's worried about their 401k. No one's worried about missing the show they love to binge watch on Tuesday nights. No one's worried about that. What are they worried about? And so I often think about that as I wrestled with this just this sense of self-centeredness that I have dealt with my entire life and trying and God's leading me out of. But I regret that at the end of my life, I may have some serious regrets of the things that I took for granted, the moments that I that I didn't soak in. But now that I'm a little older and God has done some work in my life, God has brought me through some things. I'm not like I was when I was young. Sentimentality seems to hit me out of nowhere like a ton of bricks. Especially, I think, because I have kids of my own. I don't know if, if you're like this or not, but like I don't see it coming. Like, I'm just walking through my thing, and bam! I start sniffling a little bit. The tears start welling up. You know? But like when you're at Walmart, I go to the grocery store too many times a week. Four times a night I count. Not just because I'm a ship shopper or a liar. I mean, I've got Walmart probably touched on my mind. That's for our family, not for somebody else. But if you're sold to Walmart, all you want is a couple gallons of milk, a few little things, and you pass by the baby clothes section. <laughs> Now, when I was growing up, I could have not cared in the least about baby clothes. Like, let me get out of this so I can get to the electronics or the toys or what I was looking for. But now I walk past the baby clothes section and I see these cute little girl outfits or these little man outfits. And I sort of picture it like a flash my own kids and the excitement that I used to feel when we would buy clothes like that. Now, my wife would tell you what I'm doing. We were early married, my kids were young. I didn't seem to care all that much. But now I realize how much I actually did care. And how much I missed it. But then it just hits me, and I'm reminded of the feeling, the joy, like this new exciting October, who are so cute and messy. The Easter pictures, the Christmas pictures, the family pictures where we all are color coordinated and we're trying to offer somebody else's Pinterest photo because that's the thing now. You know, that feeling, that emotion starts to well up. Footy pajamas. Footy footies. Like, they got those for adults now. They ain't the same. They'll put a little kid in some footy pajamas up and around the house. I mean, come on now. I remember how special that was. And when I remember that in the moment, it brings me back. It makes me feel. The same thing happens when we look at old pictures from our early years. That's one thing Facebook's good for, I guess. It categorizes all these moments. You can upload these kind of photos and you can flip back to when the kids are young. My kids are, uh, a couple of them are teenagers now, and and the others are not long behind, but we'll go back pictures when they're like six months old or two years old. And 
just that feeling of this adoration. Man, it's so special. So when we look at the old photos and that comes back, it gets real bad when Tony and I go antiquing. Any antique fans in here? Anybody like to go antiquing? What's awesome about an antique store, it's like an American history museum with some modern things in it. And it's kind of a culture shock when you go into the antique store and you see stuff from your childhood. <laughs> It's like, I didn't think I was that old. But like, my G.I. Joe's my E-Man are right there on the shelf, you know? So I, I bring out the check. But I'll start going through the store, and I become like this bummer. I just get stuck looking at these things because every item is attached to a person. And that person had a life. And that person had a story. And you see these pictures, these black and white pictures of these kids that are probably older and dead now. But they had a family. They had people that knew them and loved them. And you start to think about that. Are they being missed? Are they being born? What was their life like? like what, what, what mattered to them? And it starts to bring some sentimentality. Maybe, maybe even make me think, what are people going to think about me when I'm gone? Is my stuff, does it even matter? Is it going to be left in a store for people to purchase and put on the shelf as the next decoration? And I mean, they begin to be sentimental. Or maybe alone and gone. They were young ones. And they're missed. And maybe even they're remembered by some, but it sobers me. It makes me sentimental about the things in my own life. Now, the absolute worst place to get sentimental, the absolute worst place that tugs on my heartstrings. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes? What store is the absolute worst place to get sentimental? Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Curse you, Hobby Lobby. We're just walking through the store, and they have pictures with sayings on them. And I always tend to see the one that speaks to something I'm either directly going through or something I've been through. And it just brings up all that emotion. They're, they're talking about these walking through, and I just stop. It stops my tracks. And my heart's like five aisles down already. And I have to like text her and be like, wait, come back here. I gotta show you something. And I'll show her the sign. And she's like, oh, yeah, that, that's cool. Come on. It's like one after the other. You just kind of begin to blow up with emotion. Why? Because you begin to remember. How important these moments were, how much it matters, how much people matters in your life, and your heart begins to come to alignment with that truth. And for a moment, you come back to a very special place. A very special place. And I love it. I know it's a stigma that men aren't supposed to cry, but I love it. I love when I'm able to cry because there is a time I couldn't. There was a time I was so covered in guilt and shame and condemnation and secret sin and lies and deception and stuff that was weighing me down and beating me from the inside out. I could not cry. I couldn't even cry when I wanted to. Like, there were times I had conversation with myself. You know what's bad when you're talking to yourself? Like, dude, what's wrong? Dude, I don't know. Dude. 
But seriously, like I'm telling myself, like you should be crying right now. You should be able to feel this. This should matter enough to to move you to emotion. And I couldn't because I was so numb because of the stuff in my heart and in my life. And I praise God for something as simple as being able to cry because it means now I can feel. There you go. And if I can feel, my heart can be attached. If my heart is attached, it means love can actually take part. Preach it. Preach it. There's a time I couldn't do that. That's right. My life is so much richer. My relationship with God is so much richer because I can feel the emotion attached to it. So I really believe Jesus said, God wants true worshipers, and they'll arise to worship in spirit and in truth. Not just your mind, but also your heart. Because when your heart is connected, it makes everything more rich, more beautiful, more true. So this week, in our 22 days of prayer, we've been focused on looking back to reconnect our hearts, to really jumpstart our emotions. Some, some of us, we've been doing this church thing for a long time, and our emotions have gone. We keep doing it because it's right. We keep doing it because we know we should, but our hearts aren't really connected to it. We do it because we feel guilty if we don't, but we don't have the emotional connection that we want to have. So we need to remember and re-experience the love that we have for the Lord and also the love that He has for us. It's not just us loving God enough to be loved. God first loved us. He made the first move. He came down to be one of us, gave his life for us on the cross so that we can have a restored relationship. God made the first move. We don't have to convince God to love us. Praise the Lord. We don't have to convince him to love us. He already loves us. So we need to rekindle how we felt. We also need to re-experience his love for us personally. And remember who he is, remember what he's done, not just for the world, but for us, for me, for you. What has the Lord done in your life? And today, I'm going to read some scripture. This will be the message. We're going to read two chapters and five verses out of another. And as we read Psalm 103, Psalm 104, and Psalm 105, I'm asking you to personalize every verse. When it says, the Lord has done this for me, think about when he's actually done it for you. And my prayer is, is that as we take in what has God done and who he is, that there's going to be some flickering going on in our hearts. And then we're going to round it off with a special time of sharing that I think will be very significant in the life of our church. Lord God, we just thank you for this moment. I thank you for everyone here. They are meant to be here. You've called them out. you called them by name. God, I pray if there's anyone that is here today that doesn't know you personally as the Lord and Savior of their life, Jesus, that they would trust in you today. They'd begin a relationship. They'd be born again. But God, for those of us that have walked with you for some time, maybe it's been a year, maybe it's been 
50 years, God prepared us today. Our hearts were beating kindling again. Just like we told uh, the prophet to speak to the dry bones. God, we ask you to speak to the dryness in our hearts. Any place that is unattached, be connected to your heart right now. And God, open our eyes, our ears, our mind. Let your word be planted deep in our hearts and let us connect. And that our praise and worship today, God, should be out of the abundance of a hot heart for a holy God. In Jesus' name we pray. Psalm 103. And all that I am, praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And may I never forget the good things he's done for me. He forgives all my sins. And he heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. And he crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. And my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins, and he does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're all the dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. He bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone, as though we've never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. And the Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there, he rules over everything. So praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he's created, everything in all his kingdom, and let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Oh Lord, my God, how great you are. You are ruled with honor and majesty. You're dressed in a robe of light. You stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. You lay out the rafters of your home in the rain clouds. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride upon the wings of the wind. The winds are your messengers, and flames of fire are your servants. You place the world on its foundation so it would never be moved. You clothe the earth with floods of water, water that covered even the mountains. At your command, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, it hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. Then you set a firm boundary for the seas so they would never again cover the earth. You make springs pour water into the 
caves, so streams gush down from the mountains. They provide water for all the animals, and the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds nest beside the streams, they sing among the branches of the trees. You send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home, and you fill the earth with the fruit of your aid. You cause grass to grow for the livestock and plants for the people to use, and you allow them to produce food from the earth, wine to make them glad, olive oil to suit their skin, and bread to give them strength. The trees of the Lord are well cared for, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. And there the birds make their nests, the storks make their homes in the cypresses. High in the mountains live the wild goats, and the rocks form a refuge for the hyrax. You made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness, and it becomes night. When all the forest animals prowl about, then the young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food provided by God. And at dawn they slip back into their dens to rest, where people go off to their work, where they labor until evening. O Lord, what a variety of things you made. In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here's the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ships sailing along and the lion which you made to play in the sea. We all depend on you to give them food as they need it. When you supply it, they gather it. When you open your hand to feed them, and they are richly satisfied. But if you turn away from them, they panic. When you take away their breath, they die and turn again to dust. But when you give them your breath, life is created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. And the earth trembles at his glance, the mountains smoke at his touch. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath. May all my thoughts be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. And let all the sinners vanish from the face of the earth, let the wicked disappear forever. But let all that I am praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Sing his praises. Tell everyone his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him and remember the wonders he has performed. His miracles and the rulings he has made. Beloved, remember, remember, remember the wonders he has performed in Christ. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know. Don't keep it silent. Don't keep it quiet. Let the whole world know how great our God is. It's fitting today that we're in day seven in our devotion. Today is remembering what it was like when the first and second Jesus Christ was place. So all of us in this room that are children of God are called to Jesus. That is the most memorable day of our entire life. 
that is the most important day is our deliverance. And that's not the day we were born again. And so I want us to go back to that. Right now where you are. You can even close your eyes. Go back to that point when you first said yes to the Lord. Think of the circumstances surrounding that moment, where you were, what you were doing, what you were going to do. Because that is the most glorious day you have ever been. The day you were miraculously That's a day we can all celebrate. Because that's the day you got a testament. That's the day you got something to share about the goodness of God. The day So I'm going to ask that the response be for quiet. And as we meditate on that moment, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to do what we just read and proclaim your testimony. I'm asking everyone. Now, you don't have to, but I'm asking young and old, male, Female, member, non member. If you are a child of God, you have a testament, and it is powerful. Your testimony is his story written through your life. The greatest way to proclaim his greatness and declare his glory is to share what he's done for you. My wife and I were talking this morning before uh, getting ready to come here. She just reminded me in the scriptures, the grown ups often try to shoot the kids away to keep them distracting Jesus for what they thought he was supposed to be doing. And Jesus said, No, 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 you got this all wrong. Bring the kids to me. They're just as important as you are. Their hearts matter just as much. And what I've done in them is probably a little bit more powerful than in what I've done in you. So give them a voice. So if you're one of our young people here today, one of our youth, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm asking you to. And I guarantee your testimony will be far more effective than mine for all these people. Because it's coming from one of our Don't underestimate your value. And so, here's Scott. Scott, we set up the microphone. We're going to invite you to come down forward. And we're going to have Scott work the stand microphone. You might want to stand. But my heart is that as we share what God has done, who we are, and how we came to Christ, that the Spirit of God begins to do something. He 
begin to submit our hearts to the, to the unity of our salvation. And so, I encourage you to come. We've got Nancy coming. Nancy's number one. She's a leader. Nancy, Nancy. Hi, family. <coughs> I haven't been here the last few weeks. I'm bad. I want to tell you the day I came up at the floor, I was always uh, went to church. Me and my husband, and I was at the Father Goss funeral. And Pastor Gary was in the funeral, and I raised my hand because my life had to the Lord. And I've been following ever since. And I want to thank the Lord and all of my prayer for my daughter, Lisa. She had COVID and was hospitalized for uh, about 15 days. And she made it through and took family. And I thank the Lord for all the prayers. And I thank the prayers for my officer, Bernie, that passed away in a car accident, the police officer. Um, that knew the Lord, and also my true friend from Egypt, I found, he passed away from COVID. He was on a ballet for a month, and I want to know that he had the Lord. And I'm terrible for not telling him about the Lord and bringing him to God. So that's all I can say. I love God. I love my family. I love my church family too. Love it today. We love you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, my salvation story started when I was. Uh, oh, my story started when I was. And, uh, you know, my parents were pretty good. I planted a seed in my life, and um, that didn't make me a Christian, of course. Back in school, I uh, went to the Good Food Methodist Youth Group, and I was praying in prayer when I was probably around uh, 12 or 13. And, um, Still, some more seed being planted. You know, I don't want to take the fruit. But when I was 15 years old, I remember, remember my life. So, remember that as we've talked about sin and consequences of sin and how it has hit me like, I need help. I need a Savior. And I just remember just making that decision. How for you? Which which one was the daughter? Can't be allowed not to put on sleeping and whatever happens. Praying to the Lord about everything that's And I just, it's just amazing all He led me through so many things. You know, salvation itself is pretty great, but He was delivered through so much joy in my life. He was uh, 15 years. Still doing today, and uh, I, uh, I 
I will offer you my own faith up, just like the prodigal son. God is there to wait for his children to home as he is ever wandering away in my early 20s. There's a few of my own family members. Then I met my wife when I was 26, and she was apologetic to being her and having a real part of my life changed my life. She's never been my children. Just a beautiful thing is how the salvation is just unfolding for me. His mercy are new always. And he's always doing something to be happy on me when I'm not pursuing him. But finally, we can't believe that took a good care of him. So it's amazing to see what he's done, and whether it's financial, relational, church wise, this is. We're so thankful for his salvation, thankful for his movements and things. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't have a towel. I had to stand up and go. 
to be going out now, kind of that old mindset. Yes, I was turning my life where I was alone. And I started ordering tapes for Bill's life. I wasn't affiliated with the church at all. I didn't have Christian friends, and I had friends at the time of Jewish. And they just, they, they couldn't even imagine or understand what I was pursuing at that time. But I can tell you, this year especially, I swear I received such a burden. Just this burden that Joe attacked me. It was just so Salvation and an apartment by myself. I started immersing myself in the word that I couldn't wait to get out of my home so I could just open my Bible, listen to Joyce Fairfax, and just take it all in and take it all in. And that was when I also, through learning with Joyce and what she had to offer at the time,
take 50 years to find it. Uh, I was walking in Jets Pizza. 
and I've seen Pastor Joe, and he was like, we're going to see you at church. I'm like, this is great. You know, I'm seeing him, and then, you know, I'm going for all this stuff. It's like, so instead of turning to that, I'm thinking about our code, and I decided to come back to uh, Vertical and Church.
Hi, my name is Teresa. I've been coming here since 2015, and I accepted the award when I was four years old. And I remember with that year, we had come back from Texas, and my mom and dad had come to military school. We had just attended a new church here, it was a Baptist church. In that church, at Sunday school, I decided to accept the invitation. And I would have done right to be on fire for God. And I hadn't been on much fire for God since until I came here and I was baptized. Rededicated my life to God. Enjoy. Pastor Joey was the one that really helped me a lot. And I just feel like I can be on fire again. Church a couple months ago. I joined the Southerns. You know, Dina was going to be back home with me. I want to tell you about my testimony. I've had mental illness in our family. Three of my family members, my dad, my sister, and my son committed suicide. After my son died, she lost touch with her daughter also. That's when God came into my life. It changed me all the way through every hour on the same sides. Look back, he served God. He's put us in the worst forever. After my son died, I tried to miss to hide this side. I never went back to them. I've lived in suicide and it's made us sick as heck. It's been tragic. It's been a suicide to attack. Someone that trained most through. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to stand in front of that trap. But God did. He showed up. Gave me ambition. Bought out my identity. You know, like you were talking. Put my dad on a pedestal. Put many people on a pedestal instead of worshiping him. Never since he's come into my life. I didn't even used to be able to stand in front of anybody and talk. I was so shy. I've been used to so much. I was also like that being that belonged to you. I've gone through that also. 
He passed away. There was a time I couldn't cry. I couldn't cry because I knew where he was at, and I would run him back here with his cancer and his bones that were given out on him and stuff, his knees and stuff. I couldn't cry. I just said, I'll see you soon. And my, even though I'm by myself now, I always feel God with me, holding my hand and saying, you're okay, I'm with you. And I want to thank God and his family, old, you church people. I don't know what I would do without you guys. You guys have been there for me when I needed you so much. I'm just, I am so thankful for this church. I just come here. 
I was scared. I really didn't know what to make of everything. I just knew that I had to be here. I just felt God here, and I just knew that she wouldn't tell me. And I'm here today. I almost forgot something, but I just really, really in my heart. I just, I've been out of here now for the last few years, and I never would have knew what one man's wilderness would have helped propel me into my pathway. Enjoying his wilderness a few years back, and honor for the same circumstances in his life. I don't know Salvation. And at 15, 
is very innocent. We're more allowed to bathe. We live in the cold time. We just use the long dress, long hair, no makeup. And that is a lot of pressure trying to go out into the world. And then my mom went away for the summer. And when she came back, I didn't know who she was. I walked in the front door, and my dad had just been gone since March, and this was September. She went out to California to be with her sisters out there that had this wonderful, beautiful, beautiful home. And they had everything. But my mom felt she had missed something. And she came home and walked in the front door and she was, I didn't know who she was. She had lost 150 pounds. And she was sitting on this guy's lap with a beard in one hand, cigarette in one hand, go Mini skirt. I walked in and who the fuck she was. And I went, is that you? Mama, is that you? And she just looked at me and gave me that book. And I went to give her a hug. I ran to give her a hug. I've been gone all summer. And she just pushed me away. And starts yelling, get out of here. I'm not being a mom. I'm tired of being a mom. I'm doing my life. This is my life. I'm doing what I want to do. You get out. You will find a place to live. So that's where everything went down to me and my brother. My brother was a little bit older. He ended up in Jackson Prison because she didn't want to be a mom. So what did I learn? I had nothing of my own with God. Nothing. When Dad died, all of our religion went with him. My mom and mom and mom, she had nothing left either. So I'm just going to keep it there until I tell you that a few years later, after making many mistakes, looking for someone to help anybody, didn't make I was working at Oracle in St. Joe, and a girl came and I hired her. That's in the kitchen, I'm in the kitchen. Her name was Jan, and she was a Christian. So believe me, I had nothing to do with anybody talking about God or hallelujah. And then this lady, Mary, she was beautiful, precious, and she and Jan go around my kitchen saying, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. I said, listen, guys, this is my kitchen. I go to my kitchen for my kitchen. And they start praying. <laughs> so Mary was from a Baptist church. Her husband was a minister. Jan, her father, was one of the ministers. And they all start praying for me. Jan invited me to come home with her. And poor mom and dad, Loved me. They hugged me. They thanked me. They asked me to go to church. Of course, the first time, no, no, not me. I know all about church. 
into church and the love when we talk about the love that you get a shoulder I love my heart Holy Spirit. Going to Baptist church, I went to the first time I went there laughing and praising and dancing. She said, I want you to not speak not in your head. She said, Well, I went about three weeks to church again. I was in a very abusive relationship. And she said, You need to get away. Because of her mom and her prayers, I ended up leaving on the way of
www.blchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you and God bless.